about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds to rate, comment, all greatly appreciate it. So if you click on this, then you know that we are discussing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That means we are discussing something in the MCU, something that is comic book related. <laughs> and that usually comes with a ton of warnings from me. I am not the comic book expert. I am purely someone who enjoys watching the movies that are based on the comic books. So I'm not going to have all the answers. I'm not going to even catch all the Easter eggs. All the things that I get, all my understandings come from <laughs> Googling before and after I watch these movies. So there's that. There will be spoilers for literally everything related to the MCU because everything at this point is so interconnected. It's hard not to spoil other things. And yeah, it is just me. I may repeat myself. You know, I'm human. There's that. So let's get into it. I'm going to try to make this as precise and concise <laughs> as possible. <laughs> so I don't, I honestly don't think that this should be too long. Well, we'll see. Let's just get into it and we'll see. So here we are, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This is the second solo movie um, from Doctor Strange, but this is not the second time that we've seen him in the MCU. We have seen him quite a handful of times. He has played a very um, important role in multiple, throughout multiple movies, um, main storylines. He had a very uh, important part to play in Infinity War. He had a very important part to play in Spider-Man Far From Home or No Way Home. <laughs> We're already starting, but it's okay. <laughs> And we now see him here. So I'm going to, I saw this in theater, duh, of course. Um, I saw this one opening weekend, duh, of course, because like this is going up the Wednesday after opening weekend. I saw this matinee because you guys know I love me a matinee. I went to actually the first show or first IMAX show on Friday, so it was like 10.30, expecting it not to be too full. It actually was pretty full. And I'm like, are y'all working in quotes and just at the movies or did you take the day off? Like what is going on? I took the day off because <laughs> I knew I wasn't gonna work um, if I like try to go to the movies. But then also I didn't wanna go to a late show um, because it's over two hours and I find myself with these longer movies, very, very, very much so preferring to go as early in a day as possible, um, just because they take a good chunk of time. When I looked up the runtime, it said two hours and six minutes, but I could have swore when I purchased my ticket, it was longer than that. So I don't know. But yeah, so I saw this in IMAX. Um, you guys know, I love that. That's the way that I like to watch the movies. Um, and I, I usually don't have complaints about it. The theater experience, this was probably the most chill MCU movie I've seen in theaters in a while. Like, even to the point, like every movie, they're not going to clap at the end. Well, actually, that's a lie. Most of them, they do clap at the end. But like, even the reactions were just like, everyone was just so mellow. Like, there was a guy who was sitting next to me. 
which I did have a little issue with that because I got the seat. Oh, when I got my ticket, it was just me in my row. There's no seats on my left. There's seats on my right. So I got the seat that's literally where it would only be people on my right. This guy purchased his ticket and got the seat right next to mine. And there were like a whole row of empty seats. I'm just like, if you looked at, cause you can see which seats are occupied. And if you knew you were coming by yourself and you see all these available seats and you pick the seat that's right next to the occupied seat, like that is, just did not make sense to me. But he ended up moving over. Cause I think he could tell that I was like a little agitated. <laughs> So he sat there through the previews and then um, he was like, oh, if no one else comes, I'll move, I'll move over a few seats just to give us some space. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I don't understand why you got that seat and all those seats were available. That does not make sense to me. But anyway, so <laughs> that was probably like the only thing. But he seemed to be the most like reactive to everything that was going on throughout the movie like laughing and stuff like that even the things where it was supposed to be like the <gasps> and the oh's and I, I just feel like people weren't really giving me that um even though there were moments that called for it and so yeah it was a very mellow show experience I do want to go back though and go to a later show like later afternoon show so there were two shows I was I was stra straddling between it was a 10 30 a.m show and there was like a early afternoon show which was like I think two something now I've been to a matinee on a Friday around that time and it's usually pretty packed and usually it's people who are like they're they're the court they're the fan fans so <laughs> I was like oh you know that one but then I was like oh that just pushes it later into the day I don't know I've been very very selfish with time lately especially with these movies that's why you guys have been getting a lot of tv content for me because these movies have just been so long and I can't even deal but anyway so that was my movie experience it was pretty chill wasn't a lot of reaction um they did there was surprisingly re more reaction to the very last um in credit scene compare in if you compare that to the rest of the movie I'm like okay you guys like I mean I guess it was it was funny but like <laughs> It wasn't the most exciting thing that happened throughout these over two hours we were sitting in this theater. But anyway, so let's talk numbers. So this dropped on, what was that, May, no, April 30th? Or I think it's, uh, it's really April 29th because of Thursday night shows. But as far as numbers, so... Right now, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 75% critic score, 87% audience score. This tracks with me personally, just based on what went down and all the things that I feel like you, we'll, we'll get, we'll talk about it, <laughs> but I mean, I always expect, at least for these comic book movies, for the critic score to be lower than the audience score because, and I've been seeing a lot of this lately, especially with the articles that I read in relation to Doctor Strange, where it's like, oh, Marvel has it. Cause I was talking about like, I can't remember what the platform was or the, yeah, the website was, but they were talking about, because this was directed by Sam 
Raimi. I always feel like I'm saying people's names wrong. So apologies. You guys know if you've been here for a while that I am horrible at pronouncing people's names and it is not intentional, but they were, cause apparently the last thing that he did was the Spider-Man trilogy. If I'm remembering the article correctly. And so, um, they were talking about how like, Oh, how when directors who like have individual voices, come to the MCU they're like their voice is kind of restricted and yeah you may see like small glimpses of them in the storytelling but for the most part like Marvel has its formula they're going to stick to it it's going to be like a Marvel story and you know I read that <laughs> And this is just in general, like, I feel like when we, we start talking about things that are where everything is intercollected and there's a, a bigger story, yes, I like to see them have, like, bring their own flair to it, but I also feel like it needs to have some type of containment so that for those people who are following the overarching story, like, it all makes sense. <laughs> And we're not going to do comparisons. I feel like every time I talk about MCU, it's like, oh, now I have to talk about the DCEU, which I don't even know what's going on with that. So we're not even going to compare, do comparisons with that. But for where we are and for however, for however many movies we're at at this point, because we're, we've done a lot, <laughs> I'm okay with Marvel having like its overarching like restraints to make sure that every piece of the puzzle fits into the over the overall picture. And I don't have any issues with that. So in saying that, I feel like there's a lot of articles that are like that, like comic book art, comic book movie fatigue is another one that we always see pop up when a new movie launches. I mean, like clearly there's no fatigue because these movies keep doing a shit ton of money. So I don't even know why we keep bothering to write these types of articles. But there's always that. Um, and my other thing, because you guys know, I'm pretty I'm pretty straightforward. If you don't like something, don't see it. <laughs> if you don't like something, don't read it. If you don't like something, don't comment on it. Like, everyone just feels like they have to have input on everything, even if they don't like it. And that just has never made sense to me. Like, if there are things that I don't want to watch, I don't watch them. <laughs> And then I don't comment on them because I don't care. Like, I don't understand that. So there's that. Cinema score is B+. At first, I was like, hmm, B+. I would have at least suspected like an A, maybe an A-. minus. But I think B+, makes sense, especially because you're talking about Doctor Strange. Even when Doctor Strange, the first one came out, I don't even feel like a lot of people were like, oh, Doctor Strange, super excited. It was like a very fringe, I don't want to say... This is not to everyone. This is based on like the people who I know, <laughs> like actually know. It was of the people who I know who watches these things. It was a very small group of them who seemed really excited about Doctor Strange. Um, and then also we are just coming out of Spider-Man No Way Home, where we also just saw Doctor Strange. Like, he's just had a lot of screen time. And now we're about to spend more screen time on him. And then also, at least for me, we're going to talk about going in what I thought this was going to be. Going into this, you're thinking it's going to be one thing. And then you get in there, you're like, okay, wait, what is going on? What? 
So, so there was that. So it's not really that surprising when I like look at it that way. As far as monies, domestically it did 187.4 million about um total including or wait. Oh, it did about 224 million internationally. And so this is just opening weekend. Um it did total for 11.4 million. So those are the numbers. Of course, who does it start? Benedict Cumberbatch, Rachel McAdams, Elizabeth Olsen, Ben Wong, Chiwo Tolajafor. Um, there's a newcomer. I'm going to mess her name up. <sighs> oh, I'm not even going to try. I'm going to mess her name up. <laughs> her last name is Gomez. She is the one who played America Chavez. I'm literally going to mess her name up. I'll spell it X-O-C-H-I-T-L. Uh, so I'm not even going to try because that will literally be me butchering it. Okay, so let's get into this. Overall, I enjoyed this this movie. Um, coming into it, you guys know I am very vocal about my disdain for trailers and spoilers leading up to a movie specifically for MCU movies because there are just always so many leaks of set photos and things that are happening and all that other stuff and so I've kind of gotten to the point where I don't even read <laughs> I don't even read anything related to the MCU um especially in the in like within like a month of the lead up because that's when a lot of it tends to happen the most um and I also don't watch the trailers because <sighs> I also have ranted about trailers in general but um, I generally don't watch the trailers. So, going into this, I knew that Wanda was going to be in this movie. So, the last time we saw Wanda, if you watched WandaVision, that was the last time we all saw her collectively. I dis I've discussed WandaVision. You can go back and you can listen to um, my thoughts on that. But, and it kind of left my head and then as I was watching it I was like oh my gosh I forgot that this happened at the end of I told you this is going to be spoilers for everything related so we're about to spoil something for WandaVision but in the end credit scene for or I think it was a mid credit scene for um the finale of WandaVision we see Wanda like literally zoned out going through the I can't remember what the book's called but the dark cold book or whatever <laughs> We see her reading that and I completely forgot about that. And we know she literally had this hold on this town, turned him upside down, all in the name of love. Like Wanda's story overall is just tragic. <laughs> it's very heartbreaking. It's not hard to sympathize for her, especially in WandaVision. I felt like I sympathized with her more during that show than I felt like I did during this one. And it had me questioning motivation. <laughs> and so Wanda ends up being our antagonist in this movie. And you guys know, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty harsh about antagonists or like whoever's supposed to be our, like our evil person for whatever it is that we're watching. Because if their motivation does not make sense to me, it just really... I don't know. It rubs me the wrong way. I just don't like it. I'm not going to, 
I'm going to have not nice things to say <laughs> about whoever the villain is supposed to be. The other thing is with Wanda, I think, is that there's kind of a conflict of, of emotions because we've kind of come full circle with Wanda, especially where we left off with her. And if that is really the end of Wanda, where we left off. Um, so at the end, when it, we're assuming she sacrificed herself to bring down the wall so no one ever would ever be able to access the dark code again. And so it's like, oh, did she die? But you know, when it comes to the comic book world or anything like with magic and stuff like that, the person's not dead until you see their their body. So it's really hard to be like, oh, they died. At least for me. I'm like, yeah, she sacrificed herself, but is she really dead? Could she come back? How would she come back? Um, Cause I just, I just don't believe that that would take her out. I don't know. That was just me. <laughs> but um, we kind of come full circle with her because where we start off and we were first introduced to her um, in Avengers, was it eight? No, was it Age of Ultron? I think it was Age of Ultron. It was the, was that the second Avengers? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I can't even remember at this point. But we're introduced to her and her brother. Her brother died in that one. So she's dealing with grief from that. She comes over to the good side. She's been an Avengers for all, Avenger for all these years. And then we had everything that happened with um, Infinity War and then Endgame where we see her lose vision, put her into a deep depression. We see her on WandaVision take over this entire town and consume them with her grief so that she could have vision there, even though he wasn't really there. But she also conjured up these kids. Now, in the comics, again, I'm not the comic book expert. <laughs> I don't read the comics. In the comics, her and Vision do have kids, um, two kids. And originally, and I think I said this when I was watching one of them, I was like, oh, okay, so are they going to, like, bring these two kids, like, are they going to actually be real? And then therefore stories are created after them. But then we actually find out like what's going on. This is, this is all something that she has conjured up in her mind into real time. And so she finally faces the fact that vision is dead, even though there was another vision that was resurrected and kind of like went off into the universe. And we don't even know where he's at. He did not show up. <laughs> He did not show up in this movie, but um, then we get to this point where we see the dark cold has taken over her. She's consumed, and now she's consumed. It's still because she's dealing with loss, and she loses everything. Everyone she loves dies, and these kids that she had conjured up in this town are now. She's like, there are multiple universes out there because now she has a dark cold in her. And, she, and in every other version of the universe, she has those kids as her own. And so therefore, her whole motivation is to get control of the multiverse so that she can have her kids for herself. On the surface, you're like, oh, okay, maybe that's not a bad motivation, a bad motive. To me, I'm like, that does not make sense. And they kind of, you kind of see like strange um saying this as well oh my gosh I'm like I, I hate when I say it in the beginning this won't take long and then we start talking it out I'm like sitting here realizing this might take a minute <laughs> so so buckle up but um we see strange 
um, trying to be like, well, you know, essentially you would be taking them from their mother in that universe. That's the mother they know. They don't know you. And we kind of see that play out in the end when America finally gets control of her powers and she opens up a portal. I'm assuming that's what we're calling it because they never really called it anything. And to where to the universe where she killed a shit ton of other Avengers. <laughs> what we're going to talk about. And, um, and they watch her essentially hurting their mom. And then that was kind of like the wake up call for her to be like, oh, okay, this is not, this is not me. I'm not this person. Who have I become? And then she decides to bring down the walls on top of herself so that no one else gets control of the dark code. Now, I'm still like, you made up kids in this universe and then your whole main motivation is then to go steal these kids from somebody from a different version of you in a different universe. I don't know. To me, that was just not a really strong motive to cause death and destruction the way that Wanda was causing death and destruction in this movie. This was rated PG-13. You guys know, or at least I hope you know, when I go into a MCU movie, I'm expecting it to be PG-13. I'm not expecting it to be too um, rough. <laughs> I'm not expecting it to be too gory. Um, but here, and we're going to talk about Moonlight as well, like in another episode, because that ended and I need to talk about it. But a lot of things kind of happen at the same time. So you're going to get about a couple of episodes this week. But we're going to stagger, stagger it out. But when I say that they, I feel like they pushed it as far as they could with the PG-13 rating. <laughs> they really did. Because some of these deaths, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and so this kind of brings me into why I'm not surprised at the audience score or the cinema score for this movie being in like the B range because usually for the most part, you can go to go into some of these standalone MCU movies and you can get away with not having to watch at least other things outside of that standalone character's content. So for example, for like a Spider-Man, which is probably a bad example because a lot of what happens to him is from the other movies he's in but using him as an example for example you can go into watching um spider-man no way home and only have watched spider-man homecoming and for the most part could be fine because at that point he had only been in civil war and it doesn't i mean it kind of informs but you don't really need to watch civil war to feel like you know what's going on same with Captain America. Like, you can go into Captain America movie and just watch a Captain America, the Captain America movies and not feel like you need to watch every other movie in the MCU. It's mostly been like that. Even the introductory movies to the standalone characters. So, like, Doc the first Doctor Strange, you can watch it and not watch anything else in the MCU. Shang-Chi, you can watch it and not watch anything else in the universe. Like, there are tons of examples of that but going into this Doctor Strange movie I feel like if you went into this movie 
and had not watched at least WandaVision, then you would have came in here and you have been confused and you've been like, what the hell is going on with Wanda? Why is she like this? Oh wait, she's now Scarlet Witch. I thought she was Scarlet Witch the entire time. Like if you just came into this movie without that context, I feel like you would have been lost. So now we're talking about something that's not even a movie, it's a series and you have to have a subscription to Disney Plus in order to watch it. So I'm not sure how many people <laughs> are going to actually come into this having watched WandaVision. So they're going to be a little confused and trying to figure out what's going on and not understand her motivation. Even if you did watch WandaVision, like I did, you're going to come into this and be like, oh wait, she's the antagonist. Oh wait, this is her motivation? Like, is this a strong motivation? Is this a strong motive to be causing all this chaos? And then you're going to be like, oh, I don't know. And then people are going to be like, oh, how was it? And you're going to be like, oh, it was okay. And then when we get into traveling beyond into the universes, the different multiverses, <laughs> that, which I don't think you absolutely needed to watch What If, but again, this is another TV show that is on a subscription service that is not a movie. And it's also a cartoon and not everyone is watching these cartoons. So I don't think you needed to watch What If, but having, having, or is that even how you say it? <laughs> Knowing that I watched What If and then going to the multiverse kind of helped me be able to pinpoint a lot of the references that were made, especially when we're introduced to the Illuminati because a lot of them are were referenced in the what if cartoons but then also we got the we got to see um what's his name we got to see i never know what mordo we got to see mordo in his universe and you're kind of like oh where is he different from the one that we know um, some other ones we got to see Peggy as Captain Carter, the first Avenger, which is something that was referenced or was something that we saw in What If. We saw Captain Marvel. I believe that was also referenced in What If. Um, what else? Oh, John Krasinski played Reed Richards, which was a Fantastic Four. Um nugget which i feel like as since marvel has had back the rights to everything that fox had it's kind of been like what are they going to move forward with what are they going to move forward with and fantastic four just seemed to be the one that is like oh we're probably never going to see them ever again in anything and i feel like that was like a oh fantastic four but i'm still like i don't think we're going to see them in anything else but you know i could be wrong um, we got to see, um, Anson Mount as Black Bolt, which actually I'm pretty sure he played Black Bolt in the TV show in Humans. Yes, he did. So like we got to see him, which that was another nugget. And again, a tie in to a TV show, which was not subscription based. It was on ABC it only lasted one season, but like. If you watched all the things, then you would know that. We also got to see 
um, Professor Charles Xavier, which is a tie into X-Men. We haven't seen any of the X-Men yet. So like there was just a lot of nuggets in there that if you're not watching all the things or you don't know all the things when it happens, then you end up in a theater where it's silent and people don't even know that like we're being tossed nuggets to nibble on. So, <laughs> so there was that. Um, but I did, cause I added this to my notes cause I do have a few notes here. Um, so when you read the synopsis, it's like Dr. Stephen Strange casts a forbidden spell that opens the doorway to the multiverse, including alternate versions of himself whose threat to humanity is too great for the combined forces of Strange, Wong, and Wanda Maximoff. But then you go there and you're like, oh wait, this is not what I thought it was going to be because like that is not what happened at all. <laughs> like literally the portal opened because Wanda sent someone after America because she has the power to open um to travel within anywhere in the multiverse and so like all this was her fault again so like I don't know I just thought that that was funny um what else America I had never seen this character before I don't I'm assuming she exists in the comics I'm not familiar with her character at all but I thought it was I liked where we ended with her and I, I the thing that I think helps um Dr. Strange, because he's such a very serious character, especially in his in his standalone movie, his first one, because there was just no kids in that one. It was just him. And it's kind of hard to root for or feel compassion for the um, assholes, people with asshole tendencies. And I think having him in first seeing his first interaction with Peter in um oh my gosh Infinity War was kind of like oh I think that was kind of like them being like oh how do we like I mean I'm sure they probably already knew what they were gonna do but this is just me being me and me like they were probably like oh I think I think we like this duo of him with Peter and it kind of like softens, softens him up a little bit. It makes him a little more palatable. <laughs> so then we get him in Spider-Man No Way Home. And I talked about that as well. You guys can go and listen to what I have to say about that. And so you got to see him um, interact with Peter and like kind of, you could see like him, the, the strictness and as holiness kind of being chipped away the longer he's around Peter. Um, even at the end, we have that very, that very um, sad, intimate moment where we know that no one's going to remember who that Peter Parker is Spider, is Spider-Man, like, at all. Oh my gosh, I hate talking about that because it's just like, oh my God, I can't believe that actually happened. But, <laughs> but we had that moment, it was just like, oh my gosh. And then we, we come into... Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and we have him paired with another kid who's also like I don't know they just be finding very likable kids <laughs> who's um even though she's a little bit irritated not gonna lie um but pairing him with another likable kid to kind of help soften him up even more and make him even more human and so kind of seeing that relationship throughout the movie and um how he helped her come into her power and it was a different experience for her compared to the first Doctor Strange that she met where he tried to take her power from him but then she met this Doctor Strange who like encouraged her um prote protected her 
and made sure like literally kept his promise the entire time. I was like, oh, that was fun to see. Um, but it was nice to see that she's still there and like she's being trained and stuff. So I'm assuming we're going to see her in the future. I don't see why we wouldn't. Um, what else? What else? There are moments there where I thought that, um, what's his name? Wong was going to die. <laughs> I was like, I was like, y'all can kill Wong because he, he be coming and helping also to kind of level set, um, strange and just bring him like actual, uh, structure. I also like their dynamic. Like they have a really good dynamic. Uh, what else, what else, what else do we need to talk about before we get to the end? I'm trying to think of what else happened. Oh, the third eye thing. So everyone kept warning him because we find out in the universe with the um, Illuminati's. Now I want to call them Inhumans with the, Illumin with the Illuminati's. <laughs> that they killed that Doctor Strange because he got hold of the Dark Code and order to like beat Thanos and like they also mentioned like all the different ways that they could beat Thanos and then I don't know I didn't think of this but then I can't remember who I was talking to um but they mentioned that possibly being a a um what's it called scenario of how they would beat Thanos I was like I don't know I didn't think of that but I mean it could have been but I feel like the way that it played out was the way, the way that it played out, at least in our reality, <laughs> is the way that it was supposed to play out. And I just feel like there's still so many things that we don't know that's probably going to come up in upcoming movies and TV shows. Because um, just look at Loki. But anyway, I talked about Loki as well. You can go and listen to that episode. I mean, I talk about all the MCU, so <laughs> you can definitely find an episode if you want to hear what I have to say. But um, anyway, we see him shadow, was it shadow walk? I think it's shadow walk, ghost walk. I don't know. It was also a little, a little dark tone for me sometimes. You guys know I don't do horror. I don't do scary. And they were, they had a couple of jump moments in there. My heart about flew up out my chest and I don't like feeling like that. So I was like, this, we, we got to be done with it. But um, when he, in the end, in order to help protect America and save her. He had to, I'm going to say shadow walk because I can't remember. Shadow walk into the dead version of himself that was still back in his universe, which was another um, tie back to What If because we had the whole zombie episode. You guys know I don't do zombies, but I did watch What If and we did watch the zombie episode and I was very, very irritated watching it. <laughs> the only thing I don't have an episode on now that I'm thinking about it is what if because it is cartoon based and it's essentially called what if and I just I was like that's a, that's enough what ifs for me I don't need to sit and talk about the what ifs so that's the one thing I don't have an episode on but anyway um so that was a tie back to what if and he used the dark hold magic to uh shadow walk but then I was about to call her by her her real name, Elizabeth. <laughs> but then Wanda um, destroyed everything so no one can get hold of the dark hole. But then we see that um, before it cuts to the mid-credits, we see the third eye pop up on his head. But like, I'm assuming it's gonna, they're going to do this in like a more fun way because when it 
each time we saw it pop up, it was with like the electric guitar <laughs> string going. And so um, I'm assuming just going to be like a fun way. And then also that ties back to What If as well. A lot of What If references. So maybe, you, I mean, you don't need to watch What If, but <laughs> if you want some more understanding, I mean, it wouldn't, it would help. Because um, the three is What If, Spider-Man, No Way Home, and WandaVision. Those are the three I recommend everyone to everyone when they're like, oh, what do I need to watch going in? I'll say, I'll recommend those three, but I would say if you had to pick one, then watch WandaVision. Um, because Spider-Man is referenced but it's like to the point where you didn't really need to watch it to know and also it kind of irritated me because the end credit scene for spider-man made it seem like the synopsis that i just read is what this movie was going to be because it was like Steven, did you think there wouldn't be consequences for what you did? But then that was like a tie to the end, the end or the mid credit scene for Multiverse of Madness and not necessarily so meaning his actions that he did. And this movie is the ones that have consequences and not necessarily what happened in um, Spider-Man No Way Home. So that's why I don't like trailers <laughs> because it's just like uh and then also I think I don't think I mentioned it in Spider-Man No Way Home but I didn't even like that as I think I did I didn't even like that as an end credit scene because it was just a trailer and I don't know I don't, I don't like when it's like just a trailer for something like give me like a scene or don't give me anything at all but don't give me the trailer for certain all that to say <laughs> we see the third eye pop up so that's gonna be a thing um but yeah, that leads us to our mid-credit scene. The end-credit scene was essentially like, why are you still sitting here? You can leave. Um, so there was that. But the mid-credit scene, we see Charlize Theron. And I was like, uh, what is going on? I have no clue who she is at all <laughs> when she pops on the screen. I was just like, I just thought of that Charlize Theron. And I don't even know why she's on the screen. But apparently, and I did not deeply investigate this going to be 100% honest I literally started reading an article and then I was like okay I'm done <laughs> but she is a hurt she's playing Clea and she's a powerful sorceress from the dark dimension and the niece of Darmamu who was from the first um I think it was the antagonist in the first strange movie and yeah oh I wrote down it's the ruler and the villain of the first Doctor Strange film. <laughs> Eva, read your notes. So yeah, that's about all I read from that article. And then I was like, okay, that's enough for me. So assuming that the next movie that we see Doctor Strange in is going to be a continuation from that, I would think so. But like, you never know. Because these end credit scenes, at least more recently, they haven't really tied. I mean, they haven't really tied to anything. Like in an upcoming movie. They've all been kind of like, oh, it's the mid-credit scene, it's the end-credit scene, but like we don't get a call back to it. So there is that. It does say that Doctor Strange will return, so we will see him somewhere, either in a standalone or in another movie. But I said this, um, I think for Spider-Man and also something else. I can't remember what else has 
happen because there's so many movies and then you add in a whole two-year break where my brain is just like what was before versus after but I think I said this where I was like I think this is going to be an interesting phase of maybe it was after Endgame or maybe it was Spider-Man I don't know but this is going to be an interesting phase that we're in just because we literally went through a very structured phase or phases that it felt like we knew what we were leading up to and then we had some what is it not series but universe altering decisions that were made and it kind of like not reset us but put us on a phase where I just feel like it's going to be very explorative is that a word (laughs) there's going to be a lot of exploring going on exploration going on um there are going to be some things that are going to work and there are going to be some things that aren't going to work, especially, oh, maybe it was Chang-Chi or it could have been, um, oh my gosh, what is that movie that came out that was super, it wasn't boring, but it was like, oh my gosh, so different from anything that we've done. It's going to come to me, but I believe I said it was either in that one or in Chang-Chi that I said that we were going to see some things that we haven't seen before going happen with with this um with the MCU. Some of it will work, some of it won't work, but I think it's going to be I think it's going to be um interesting either way it goes I think they're still going to make money just because it's the MCU and people are going to be like oh we we need to go watch it because like why wouldn't we um but I'm excited I'm still excited to see kind of where we're going with things how things shape up I've been seeing rumblings that we're not going to have any like Avenger type team because I know that that has been a thing of like who will the new Avengers be but it doesn't seem like that's going to be a thing but I think at some point just because and Eternals was the movie that I could not think of. Um, but just because at this point, we've seen a handful of new people. And then we still have Thor, um, Love and Thunder. I think that's what it is. Because I called it something else <laughs> a couple of days ago. <laughs> um, we have that one coming out this year. Um... I think, is there anything else coming out this year? I have to look at my chart. But like, we have that. And then who knows if we're going to see Thor again. We know we're getting the Galaxy of the Guardians, which has had so much stuff going on with it that I'm just like, I just hope whatever we can makes sense. Because I just feel like every single time I hear about that movie, there's something going on um, behind the scenes. So we have that coming up, but we just had like all these movies where we were introduced to new characters. So I think at some point, I think in, even if they don't want to call them Avengers, like I'm sure there are other teams within the MC or within the Marvel world that we could call them to like kind of have have a camaraderie, everyone come together type of movie. I don't know. I just love those movies. You guys know I love group things. So... That's what I want to see. But yeah, I don't know. That's all I have on um, 
Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, if I had to give a rating, I would give it a solid... I would give it a solid A-. Because, like, I watched all the things. I kind of understood what was going on with it, even though, like, Wanda pining after these kids that she didn't really have was, like, why, girl? But overall, and the story, the 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 nuggets tying to everything, the action, visually, acting-wise, everything, I would give it a solid A-. A minus B plus. <laughs> um, so that's all I have. I want to know what you guys thought about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currentlybinging on Instagram and at currentbinging on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.